You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Wake Up with Patty Catter. Where each week, Patty will interview guests that will motivate, encourage, and inspire you. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I'm, of course, your host, Patty Catter. Today, I have on the show with me AJ Roberts, and AJ is from the UK, right, AJ? Yes. Hello, everybody. So I would love it if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, a little bit about your childhood, and exactly where you're from, because I'm very vague when I say the UK. It's a big place. Yeah, so uh, I'm from, well, currently I I live about an hour, hour and 15 minutes uh, west of London. Um, And uh, for those of you uh, who know a a few landmarks in the UK, uh, I live really close to Stonehenge. Uh, the, the the rock formation that people get for some reason so excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I was born in a place called uh, Bournemouth, which is literally right on the south coast. So if you draw drew a straight line straight through England, I'm pretty much bang in the middle on the on the south coast. Um, often voted best beach in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. which is a which is a proud thing for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was born in Bournemouth. Uh, my mum and dad, unfortunately. Um, split when I was about nine years old and at that point I was uh, the oldest of three brothers um, and uh, my mum married a, a soldier uh, in the British Army uh, that she met through a, through a friend, uh, so through a mutual friend and um, yeah they, they started dating and uh, next one thing led to another, they got married, had a child together, my mum and stepdad and us moved, got posted to Germany because uh, there's a lot of British forces as, as well as American forces based there at the time, uh, you know, post-Cold War. Um, and I actually did all my schooling uh, at a British school in Germany for uh, forces, forces children. And um, it was actually really, really good. So, it was, you know, it was well-funded. It was, uh, the education was great. There wasn't like crime or drugs or uh, even, I don't think it was even like playground fights, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really laid back and, and great. And um I did really well out of school, um, got good grades. Uh, but one thing I did focus on was uh, my football uh, or soccer, as you guys call it. Um, I played in big tournaments all around Europe and uh, played at a really high level. And uh, then I got uh, scouted uh, by a professional team. My it was actually wow. my yeah, so it was actually my home my hometown, uh, mm. Bournemouth, who uh, who now play in the in the FA Premier League. So you know the biggest league in the world. Um, and they wanted me to sign for them when I left school. Uh, yeah, so everything was going great. And um, I, I went back, I left school, got my GCC grades, all good, uh, to join the, <coughs> join the football club. It was very similar to, I guess, scholarships in America where, you know, if people want to do a football scholarship or, uh, you know, uh, NFL, baseball, all the other sports, you need to go to college as well, don't you? I guess it's, it's like a fallback. Mm-hmm. So they make you do that as well. So I did the same. So I did like sports science, um, which most people in sport automatically swing to because it's kind of like all they're interested in. Um, but I, I unfortunately injured my, my left knee, like the nerves in my left knee, just by, by a clash of knees playing football with some family members. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that set me out and uh, the club didn't think I'd get better again. Um, so they released me. <clears throat> so I literally, uh, you know, blink of an eye like that, was told, you're not going to play football, see you later. Um, 
And, you know, I've spoken to so many athletes in different disciplines over the years who've had similar situations and how, how it affected them. And it's quite a common trend. You know, you, you don't know what to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me. So I kind of went down the rocky road of, of unfortunately, you know, drinking too much and getting involved with the wrong people, the wrong crowds, um, you know, like have stupid parties. And then there was, you know, recreational drugs and all this kind of stuff. And it just, my life kind of just went from a big high into a bit of a, bit of a crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but like so many people, so, you know, usually it's a cry for help, isn't it? It's just, you just don't realize that you're crying for help. Um, you think that's like the way to deal with it because society says so. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's basically like my, my basic story, I guess, from, mm-hmm. from where I grew up. So you somehow though ended up joining your military. Yeah. When did that yeah. come into play? Uh, that was in 2001. So, uh, I was released from football, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of 2001. Um, I, my knee actually got better, um, but not professional football better if you know what I mean like professional mm-hmm. athlete but I could still I was still fit and I could still pass military tests and stuff so um mm-hmm. I actually got caught up in, the, in with the wrong crowds uh and I got into involved with some stupid like low-level crime um and was looking at a jail sentence um for fraud and um at that point I was I'm in an hour about joining the army to get myself away from it all and you know, uh, sort myself out. And when it came around to it, I said to, I said in court that um, I was hoping to join the army and the lawyer backed that up. Uh, and the judge basically said, you know, that you're not going to jail. You have to join the army. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other guys got sent down. Um, but I was, I was going to join the army anyway. Right. So it was kind of like my saving grace, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, it was the best, one of the best things I ever did. And it's, you know, sorted me out, my head out, my life out, changed my whole lifestyle, my, my demeanor, the way I, you know, the way I looked at things, mm-hmm. um, personal pride, discipline, you know, all the great attributes that come from being, being a soldier, um, were installed into me <clears throat> very early on. Uh, and I kept those, you know, standards and values all the way through my, my military career. Now, when you were in the military, were you ever deployed to combat? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I've uh, done tours of Iraq uh, and Afghanistan, um, mm-hmm. often often working with our, our U.S. counterparts mm-hmm. uh, and Danish as well. Um, you know, they're a great ally to us both mm-hmm. um, and, and other sort of NATO allies as well. So, yeah, um, I've been to some of the not-so-nice places mm-hmm. Um you know, but I mean, but the military you go to some right. amazing places as well. So right. you know, you go away to adventure training and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which is great in big training areas. But part, of, unfortunately, the part of the parcel, especially for countries like the UK and the US, is always heavily involved with uh, trying to keep the peace, I guess, and world conflicts and trying to do uh, <clears throat> what's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you're always going to be involved with something at some point, but you, that's what you kind of sign up for. Right. Now, do you all struggle with a lot of, of the troops here in the U.S.? They have brain injuries and post-traumatic stress. Is that recognized, do you think, as much in the U.K. as it is here? Because obviously in a combat situation, you're exposed to these same types of things. But here in the U.S., we do have a lot of great support here for the veterans coming back. Mm. Um, 
sometimes it's hard to connect the veterans with the resources. We're still working out that, but um, what do you feel on that topic? Yeah, uh, it's, it is a big, big thing here as well. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of groups out there that um, are, are veterans themselves that are really trying to work hard to um, bring care and attention to people who are really struggling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, there's with anything you have like your, you know, your far rights who take it a bit too extreme and it just mm-hmm. comes with it's a bit of a blame culture. They just blame the government for every suicide and mm-hmm. um, for every attempted suicide, you know, or the numbers of people with post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we now have in place in the government, which is, is really good, it's just been formed, is the actual Veterans Affairs Office, um, which is uh, run by a chap called Johnny Mercer. He's a conservative MP and he's, uh, he's ex-military himself. So he's been to Afghanistan, he knows, and, and it, he wanted to use the, uh, being a member of parliament as a vehicle for change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going in the right direction. Um, there's you know, numerous amounts of uh, charities as well in the UK. We've got Help for Heroes, which I explained to you earlier, is, is like your wounded warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, they not only help with physical, but uh, also mental um, injuries and, and illnesses and then you've got like combat stress uh, and, and you know there's a whole array of people out there it's just um, the, the process I guess and the system and the best way to get somebody from that zone when they're suicidal like just stepping back and then getting that bit of help or talking to somebody it's just finding the best way to reduce that that impact zone is you know i call it because mm-hmm. it's you know someone that isn't that suicidal all the time either they just very much you know depression anxiety and all the negative stuff leading up to it and it's when they're in that zone when they are going to do something bad it's trying to reduce that i think um as well as getting the message out there to to, to people that it's uh, it's not weak to speak mm-hmm. i like uh, that i don't think i've actually heard it phrased that way that's a good phrase it's not yeah. to speak. I like that. It's, it's not. Um, and, you know, so, there, there is a lot of good people here, especially in the veteran community here in the UK, doing some amazing things. And um, I'm not sure. I, I've spoke to a few people in the US about it. And it, it's not so much as, as a taboo subject over there as it is here. Some people mm-hmm. like, are a bit sketchy about talking about the subject. Right. Um, I think here. Like credentials. Yeah, I think here, um, one of the biggest things I hear from veterans is they are afraid to tell somebody that they are feeling suicidal because that they're afraid that they're just going to get locked away and people are going to think that they're insane and that they're going to have their weapons taken away. And, you know, there's a whole slew of reasons why they're afraid to go for help. So. Mm. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same everywhere. It's the uh, mm-hmm. same in Australia. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was saying before off camera that um, I lived in Australia for a while and, you know, I've met veterans there and always interested to hear where what, what the stats are rough you know their mindsets their what, what their help's like um and it's the same in canada um <clears throat> same all over the western world it's and, and the majority of it is because um you know we go to these war uh situations these fighting situations conflicts um you get involved in some you know her- horrendous traumatic things mm-hmm. that, um that often at times it's either you or them you know, in terms of right. like, in terms of you know, fighting the enemy or mm-hmm. or taking a life, uh, or unfortunately witnessing your friends being, you know, blown up and killed, maimed, um, and uh, and even civilians and children. 
so you know there's all and each episode is different for every single person you know there's not this is what i try to explain but there's not some kind of like magic scale that says like oh you need to have experienced like all these horrendous barbaric things for you to be able to be considered like on the ptsd spectrum mm-hmm. um everyone is affected differently um right. you know so I, i've met so i've met a guy who's got post-traumatic stress from seeing his children being born mm-hmm. um right. so it affects people in all different ways mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's th- th- there's no magic pill for it and there's no quick answer mm-hmm. it's um i guess comforting comforting the blow as best we can and it starts with that transition from then coming back into normal society i think that is the big key thing is uh no matter where you are is helping them come back from either a conflict zone or coming from a conflict zone spending some time back in their units still army or military fight and then going into civilian street like you know and in the civilian sector surrounded by people that don't know what they're thinking or don't understand and that's when people become really like closed bubble don't they and then and, and they don't want to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I noticed that you've done um, in life during, after combat, I should say, is um, you recently went on a humanitarian trip. Yeah. Could you tell our listeners how you ended up wanting to do that and um, what your experience was like? Yeah, it was, um, it, it was pretty remarkable, really, because I'd actually uh, visited the place as a, when I first joined the military. Uh, it's a place called uh, Sierra Leone. It's in West Africa. Um, it used to be a British colony. Um, so when a civil war broke out there and lasted between 1991 and 2002, the, um, the, the people came under like horrendous barbaric atrocities from their own. Um, this large rebel sort of militia called the West Side Boys basically formed and had this ideology that um, they needed to mutilate and uh, amputate as many people as possible to stop them from mining diamonds because it's a really diamond rich country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the government were basically saying to the civilian population, you know, that the, the wealth and the growth of this country is literally in your hands. The more diamonds you mine, the, the richer our country will be and the better your lives will be. So the, these, these rebels, you know, the anti-government rebels thought, the best way to <clears throat> stop people mining diamonds was to go around chopping as many people's hands off as possible and murdering yeah. people. It was just, it was disgusting what they did. Uh, and that was over an 11 year period. And obviously the British army came in and um, basically killed them off uh, the West side boys or scared them off um, and brought their war to an end. And then it was very much about peacekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very keen to see the country uh, you know, in, in all its blossom in, uh, in peacetime. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's important. Um, yeah, I know my husband, he had deployed to Iraq and saw a lot of bad things there. And, um, after he medically retired, he did end up going back to Iraq with a gold star mom and a little team that went, um, and it was, it was good for them to see. They couldn't actually get into the heart of Iraq, but, um, they did go over to, mm. um, Gosh, I can't think of the name of uh, like the Kurdish area. There's a oh yeah yeah yeah, um, and they were able to spend time there, and it was really um, helpful for them yeah. to see that the people were doing really well mm. in that area. So 
yeah and that, that's what that's exactly what it was so like um leading up to my visit um <clears throat> anyone i spoke to really you know either hadn't really heard of the place um or what they did think of it they just instantly you know name association thought like war you know conflict driven country like it's in turmoil you know but kids running around vk 47s everywhere where it's completely the opposite mm -hmm. it's um so the, the the reason why i went this time was uh there's a, a lady here in uk um called faith uh which mm -hmm. is actually you know a real amazing sentiment name to the to the charity mm -hmm. um she uh she she self-runs this charity called melkosh mission uh, and it solely focuses on the amputees and the rape victims of sierra leone uh, from the war so all the people who were involved with the West Side Boys and the, R, the RUF, which was the, the bad guys, um, they eventually were all amalgamated back into society and rehabilitated. Um, whereas like the amputees and all the rape victims were forgotten about, which was really sad. Mm. Um, and it was actually my friend, Nicole, um, who's from America. Um, it's after seeing all her social media posts with her, uh, her visits with the charity uh, last year. That got me intrigued and I asked a few questions and then Faith uh, seeing what I do um, and invited me along and once uh, she told me all about what we wanted to do and achieve out there um, I was literally like uh, yeah what, what time's a plane uh, where do I need to be and uh, yeah and that, that's basically what it was so I spent a uh, good two months fundraising like November December which is difficult because of the time of year very difficult uh, and the money we raised went completely towards medications, vaccines, um, mobility aids, uh, malaria kits, and stuff like that, so that we could take take there in boxes. Because we had to procure it in UK because you never know what you're buying over in Africa. You don't know how oh, legit yeah. it, you don't know how legit it is. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we wanted to get them the good stuff. So mm -hmm. like we uh, we procured it all in the UK uh, and then we took over four really large boxes full of like you know literally rammed with all the all these supplies mm -hmm. um i went there for a week and we went straight into the heart of the amputee camps which uh people live in and they were set up uh post the war um they're the really 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 basic little hut type things mm -hmm. that were made for them <clears throat> um which have obviously deteriorated over time and you know these people don't have money to sort of like decorate the property um so they, they, they just, everything's day to day. So mm -hmm. we got to the amputee camps and we basically set up in a little clinic there, mm -hmm. uh, like a little, like a little round robin of like stands where people would get, uh, the amputees would come in from different areas and then they would have their blood pressures taken, uh, blood sugars. They would have, um, you know, obviously like a full checkup mm -hmm. and um, some people, you know, if they thought they might be pregnant with pregnancy tests, uh, there was malaria tests and all this kind of stuff as well. Uh, there was screenings for um, STIs or STDs. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole array of stuff. And then depending on what the person's con condition was, if they had anything or had any troubles, would get issued this free medication um, on the last little little stand and had uh, a little talk with the, the, who, the doctors and nurses. So the doctors were actually Faith's mum uh, and her auntie. So you know, the whole team she's worked hard to build over the last 12 years it's been running. Um, but what I did was um, I 
dropped my guard like straight away. I went in there immediately and was like, hey everyone, like a big kid mm-hmm. and was just, you know, like I am your friend. Um, while I'm here, what I want to achieve is I want to assess what your conditions are like, uh, you know, how much work needs doing on the school because I've got a big construction background. So I've got a lot of resources and contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, I wanted to empower everybody there to lift them, well, to lift them up and make them feel so much better about themselves that they can be something because they've all got this amazing determination to go on to try and do something, but they still got that element of being beaten uh, mm-hmm. and, and suppressed. So it's really important, like on each of the days of each of the groups, to really uplift everybody and just so they they knew that they can be somebody and that there is uh, like light at the end of the tunnel. They just got to have that extra bit of oomph and self discipline to you know get off their seat. And um, although they are very religious and you know they they they're very much into their faith and stuff like that, um, you know I, I, I was very strong to point out that like although it's a beautiful thing um having faith and especially when you've been through so much atrocities and stuff like that but like there there has to be an element where like you have to do things for yourself as well you know you can't rely day to day to day to rely on your faith to bring you food to the table and that like the country like won't ever it's not just gonna magically appear right yeah you know they can't uh and it's it's more the the l not so much the younger people the 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 younger generation are really similar to the younger generation in our societies you know there there was there was a lot of really fantastic clever people out there that just want to aspire to be something and know they've only got this one shot at life you know they see a lot of their elders who are lucky to be alive because of the war Mm -hmm. um so it was really important to get this message across to these people. And uh, there, was, there was a particular day uh, where it was just the rape victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've actually per- I'm, I'm actually personally sponsoring this uh, beautiful young girl uh, called Seisha. And she, she's trained to be a doctor of all things. Wow. Um, she, yeah. When she was five years old, she was gang raped at five years old. Jeez, which oh, is, man. <clears throat> and apologies for being graphic on your show but um, no yeah, i mean I, you need I, to that's yeah I, I just don't know how that can happen like mm-hmm. first of all yeah. um she was she had her left arm amputated just below the elbow um and then her parents were murdered in front of her oh um gosh. and like as a result of what happened to her it's like she could never have kids um mm-hmm. you know her, her cervix is completely was broken and um she had to fend for herself like amputated with no parents and she's gone through life like just trying her best to be educated um and i i i'm now you know i'm sponsoring her personally and helping her through her final years of her education to be a doctor Mm -hmm. um which i absolutely love you know her mindset everything Uh, and that's another thing i wanted to take away from the trip is just how amazing and resilient these people are given the fact they had nothing they've been through civil war uh, Ebola, which you know obviously was well documented right. all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the poor people had to then go through a, a, a huge land uh, mudslide mm-hmm. um, where hundreds of people are still buried, and it's just like it's this tragedy really because they're the most amazing, relaxed and humbling and welcoming people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, a lot of people said to me, like, obviously being a white man, they were like, you know, we, did, we not, did you not feel scared because you were literally like one of the only white guys there? 
Uh, and I was like, not, not once, like not once mm -hmm. did I ever feel, like, I could physically get out of my vehicle at nighttime in a marketplace, walk around, talk to people, asking, do you have this, do you have that? They mm -hmm. just want to earn a bit of money, but they're also, they're just really curious uh, about you. They don't, they're not threatened by you. Mm -hmm. um, and I said like this, I feel more threatened in particular areas in London uh, and, and Manchester than I, I did in Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so uh, like the, the whole week was amazing. And, and the, the hotel I stayed in was just beautiful. The, the owner helped us out and seen what we were doing. So he, he, get, he put us in these beachfront chalets, which were just unreal. Uh, white beaches, beautiful, clear water. Um, so, which was quite nice to go back to, because then you can it helps you reflect on, you know, what you've done and achieved that day, um, mm -hmm. and plan. Um, mm -hmm. But now I've set myself up really well by using my social media to the best abilities I could and leveraging it as best I could. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had companies from all over messaging me saying that they want to help me out on future missions. Mm -hmm. um, I've had individuals saying that it looked unreal; they want to come on the next one. Um, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be going every year now um, to see these uh, these beautiful, amazing people. We just want to strive to to be better. Mm -hmm. Now, where can our listeners find you? Because obviously, I know where to find you. <laughs> um, but where? What are your social media outlets? And then you also have a podcast. Could you tell everybody the name of your podcast? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so on on pretty much all social medias, I'm um, at uh, AJ Roberts Coaching uh, because I do a lot of online coaching mm -hmm. uh not not just uh like health and fitness um that's like my old school background so i'm like very sort of well educated and all that and uh so i coach people uh, very much with their mindset personal and professional development um as well as the health and nutritional side of it because that's just a small part of the best life for me mm -hmm. um, you know there's so many more elements to it so um yeah so i, I, I do a lot of coaching so it's aj roberts coaching um on instagram uh, on on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, I'm also now on uh, TikTok. Thanks to my daughter, <laughs> I just had a conversation with a lady. She must be, I would say, sixty something years old. She's like, mm. I'm on TikTok now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's and getting TikTok. It's fun. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, the reason why I like it is because, uh, and I guess people like yourself would like it, is because it's mm. it's it's always positive, isn't it? It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not, yes. not negative with trolls and, you mm -hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. So I guess it, people automatically tune into that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I'm actually, I'm actually using it to do little snippets of my podcast on there, um, little messages for myself, um, you know, just, just uplifting positive things, really. I'm by no means any good at singing or dancing. <laughs> uh, I dance like every other soldier in the British Army. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I'm pretty sure like the Americans are the same but they all dance the same like the, the can soul. you demonstrate <laughs> yeah I've uh, I, I pulled I pulled a thigh muscle doing it for somebody else earlier um, but yeah so uh, yeah so I'm on on my socials uh, AJ Roberts coaching uh, I'm on TikTok uh, Mr. AJ Roberts mm -hmm. and um, I have my podcast um, similar similar to yourself uh, called uh, uh, the best version of you, which um, I, I have inspiring guests on from around the world. I have a lot of veterans on there that have um, what I like to call uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people on there that have had lost their legs in Afghanistan, who are uh, Olympic powerlifters. Um, you know, I've had I've got people on that have 
lost limbs that have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I've had professional athletes on, I've, uh, entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things, um, humanitarians and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and that's called The Best Version of You, which is also on social media, Twitter, Facebook as well. We're going to have your links in the corner of this video. And then we're also going to be posting all of your links on my social media and in our mm, show you. notes, it's going to go out on all my, po my podcast networks. And so we're going to help spread the word. Definitely. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that, um, there are a lot of interesting people in the world, but the ones that are the best and the ones that I love to have on my show are the ones who have taken um, different obstacles in their lives and turn them around to do awesome things. And that is just what you did. So thank you, AJ, for being on the show. And again, everybody, make sure that you follow up. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest articles, podcasts, and swag.